Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host Ashutosh Garg and today I'm delighted to welcome a very very accomplished social entrepreneur from India, Yasmin Medima. Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, Jess is the co-founder of EcoFem, a women-led social enterprise working to create environmental and social change by promoting menstrual practices that are healthy, dignified, affordable and eco-positive. So Jess, you're doing such amazing work. Let's start talk uh, our conversation about EcoFem. Tell me about this venture and what was your motivation to start it? Yeah. Um well we we're based in Oroville in Tamil Nadu which is a very special place it's an intentional community and um and where I met my co-founder Kathy and we were looking at options for livelihood opportun- uh, opportunities for men and women around Oroville mm-hmm. and cloth pads was one of them and um, um it was a product that I think we both felt very um logically sort of drawn to because Kathy had been making them for our own consumption in Oroville and mm. I um I sort of grown up with it uh, my mother was stitching them and um and it was a very sort of as a, a pro- product very sort of a natural product to mm. work mm. with and we felt also it had potential for uh for the women to to build a livelihood upon and mm. um yeah um so we started off with that just with the idea that actually it could generate an income and but really got sort of much more interested when we learned about the taboo that is there and sort of started to talk with girls and women about their practices and perceptions around mm-hmm. menstruation mm-hmm. and um I I think that is really what sort of led to um so what ecofem is now and those conversations have been really yeah and, and you know you just mentioned uh, about some taboos and i know there are lots of taboos in india but what have been some of the feminine hygiene issues that you think have not yet been addressed and do talk about the taboo as well yeah um i think in general menstrual um the the issue of menstruation is very much sort of focused on menstrual hygiene and i think that's it's a i think it's really valuable to look at it as menstrual health with a more sort of holistic lens it's mm. not only about uh that product that we use or the access it's also very important uh, mm. and the access to toilet facilities that are sanitary mm. but it's also about how we relate to it whether we can speak about it whether we have sort of knowledge about it whether we can take care of many of the things ourselves what we eat what we and also our relationship to the environment i mean many um we are part of that environment and so uh whatever we're sort of doing to it also comes back to us so menstrual health in that way is it's um yeah i think it's a much sort of uh, has a much wider scope than it is generally sort correct. of how it's addressed correct um, and uh, the taboo that you were speaking about i mean i'm sure my viewers and listeners would love to know a little bit about the taboos that exist yeah i think there many of them of them across, and they're different in india so vast and and and, mm. and 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 wide and um um i think what was very interesting for us to learn is that despite that taboo because we thought okay taboo means that we we're not talking about it and we can't talk about mm. it but actually 
um, because we've not been talking about it, there's very sort of uh, many girls and women feel uh, they don't know enough about it. And so given a safe space, uh, we found out that they're very keen to talk about it. And mm -hmm. I think this also really sort of gave us energy to pick up that topic because there was such a, uh, evidently such a sort of uh, uh, eagerness to learn about menstruation. Um, and I think with that, once once you sort of learn how that connects, you know, what's happening in your body, how that connects with fertility, how mm -hmm. what you can do for yourself, what's a healthy um, period, when do you need to look for help? Mm -hmm. All that is such an, it's very basic at the same time. It's very empowering to have mm -hmm. that sort of uh, ability to, to um, yeah, you've got the instruments in your hand to take care of yourself in a way. Correct. And um um, and so, in I I feel that on the on the one hand the taboo is there and has sort of led to a situation where we're very quiet about it and we don't know enough. At the same time, it also now gives us that possibility, you know, that sort of edge and that curiosity to really open up about it and talk about it and and put it onto the agenda. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. Very, very interesting. And yet, you know, you you live in Oroville, uh, which is, I would say, uh, urban India, you know, right next to all the major cities of southern India. What are your thoughts on the impact of culture on menstruation? You know, uh, it is it is a topic which is very hush-hush in large parts of rural India, and yet it's talked about yes. in urban India. I'd love to get yes. your thoughts. Yes, um, I've I've been really sort of amazed actually. So I've, we've been working since two thousand ten, so it's sort of twelve years, and the sort of changes that we've seen in that short period of time have been massive. Mm. And I I I think somehow unconsciously I've sort of perceived culture as something static. It's mm -hmm. so dynamic. It's and I've been impressed at how the ability how quickly it can shift. Mm. It's sort of within a in a group of women or. A, a community, if you have one sort of role model who puts out a different sort of message and who a different relationship to her menstruation or to her body or um, or any community member for that matter, things mm. can turn around like that. Mm. And it is incredible in terms of where we would first get in enormous sort of pushback from sort of authorities on this topic. Uh, to other people who are sort of with an open mind step into it and connect to it and say yes this is what we want and what we need and you can see things change so quickly and if you look at the wider sort of landscape not just sort of what where we have been working but within this these last 10 years menstrual especially menstrual hygiene but menstrual health has been really put in the, on the agenda of the government of NGOs mm. of so many activists and uh, and with uh, also resulting in many cloth pad makers, right? When we started, um, there were very few. We were one of the first commercial ones. Mm -hmm. Now there may be 20 commercial brands making cloth pads. Yeah. Uh, menstrual cups or menstrual cups, it's the same. There may be around 20 cup brands right now. Well, when we started, there was one. Mm. So you see in a short period of time, there's a, uh, there's a massive change and, and definitely also social media has played a very big role in that it has made that access to that information mm. accessible to those not only information but I think really to voices mm. around these topics and and is this dissemination of information 
across uh, urban India and rural India similar? Um, I I mean I can see, of course, there is. Uh, language plays a role and act, so access to that information. I thought think a lot of it is also in English and uh, then maybe Hindi uh, as, a, as a next language. Um, so in that way, I think it is, you know, I was thinking also about how does that sort of connect to rural areas because rural areas are also changing very rapidly. Many people are more getting on their phones. And, but um, for example, for us in Tamil Nadu, of course, language then is a very important uh, yeah. topic. And so for this to, I can see that that is at this moment maybe a, a barrier, but there are many also Tamil voices on the topic of sustainable menstruation and, and menstrual health. Mm. And so, yeah, I think that's, um, it's, it's reaching out uh, not only in urban, but I think also in rural areas. Mm. Interesting. And, uh, you know, in the last seven, eight years, there's been a huge focus of the government of all the state governments on toilets which were missing in, our, yes. in most homes etc how important are toilets uh, for uh, menstrual health and for health in general for women i think probably if you speak to people individually within even a family the relationship to a toilet is very different for each person for a man it might be a, a, a different thing than for the woman or the, the daughter or the son in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And I um, and I do think like one, we know that for a girl's attendance in school, for example, a clean toilet at school is critical for her to change her pad and to, yeah. um, and in that way to be able to participate in school during her menstruation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I personally think often when we are uh, doing things at a large scale, it's mm -hmm. very difficult to really uh, cater to the actual needs of mm -hmm. people. I, I, for our work, we always make, um, yeah, we make it a point that we interact with people to understand what is going on, what is your situation, what mm -hmm. is it that you are needing, and or what would work for you. Um, because we all have such different realities. And especially when it comes to more sort of public toilets, I think that is a, a very difficult one. I mean, for anybody, I mean, sort of, um, we can relate it to the uh, tragedy of the commons and, and, and things are either sort of, yeah, not taken care of or, and, and, and who likes to be in a, in a, in a bathroom mm -hmm. that's not taken care of. Um, and so I, 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 I think this is always the difficulty with, um, blueprints and um, and top-down sort of uh, mm. approaches to issues that are very sort of personal and uh, and I, uh, yeah require, I would say, uh, community engagement. Mm. Mm. But yet I've often wondered that for this absolutely normal bodily function of half the population of the world, yes. why is it still considered to be such a hush-hush topic? Yes, I think we've kept it in silence for such a long time and we've all been participants in that. So it's it's not a sort of uh, our patriarchal society and where men have been sort of, you know, keeping that. But we have all been participating in that society where we've been kept, uh, we're keeping silent on this topic and not. And um, it has, uh, it's sort of shouted in, and, and this is across the world, menstruation mm -hmm. is, 
many women and girls relate to it as something shameful and mm. something. And so we've really kept this up. And in order to change that, it also really needs, I feel, an active change, an act mm. of, of, and it's, it's, it's large to overcome that in yourself, you know, something that you sort of somehow have been conditioned. It's very deep. Uh, uh, it's very personal uh, conditioned to be ashamed of, to change that into something positive and be proud or even not even proud, even just to, if you would just relate to it in, as saying, okay, I, I, I have my, sorry, I have my period, I need to go change now. And right. you take your pad and you yeah. and you walk to the bathroom. We are all still having it in our person. We're, <laughs> so even in all our small acts, uh, daily acts, there we've built in this sort of shame around it. And I think that's very persistent. Mm. Um, it, it, it really um, requires that larger opening up and and i think again role models are very sort of important uh, in that uh, in, in in making that change well happen very well said and uh just are you seeing uh, a change amongst the younger uh, girls or women you know the millennials the gen z's who are much much more conscious and open about talking about every issue or do you see menstruation still being uh, something not Talk, not not to be talked about yeah i think i definitely see a very large change and especially because it's that so visible to us because of social media we can see what people are posting and so there is a i think there's a platform for these voices that maybe mm. were also there before maybe not on this topic but on other topics but just didn't have that sort mm. of um uh, that uh, outreach and so now it's it's, I think it's very interesting that you that those voices are out, out there and, and, and people can connect to it and see how they how they relate to that. Mm. Um, at the same time, we're of course also a very large population. I mean we're in terms of menstruating girls and women, we have around maybe 300 million uh, girls and women. <laughs> so in terms of percentage, I'd, I, I would be hesitant to say anything. but I do feel there is there is a shift especially in young the, uh, a younger uh, generation mm. also because it i think this relation to environment is also climate change i think is so much more present in their lives and mm. inhibiting them in doing the things that they thought were possible and, and suddenly are not anymore mm. and um and so it puts it also much more on the agenda of their own life and mm. and and um so connecting to self, connecting to nature, doing things for the earth, you know, uh, uh, I think is much more, uh, yeah, alive for them mm. than 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 for generations before. Wonderful. One more question uh, relating to ecofem before I move to a few questions for you personally. Uh, given the amount of work you have done, and you said there are twenty other cloth uh, napkins available, and uh, so many other, so much other work is going on. Are there any learnings that India can give to the rest of the developing world? Um, I, for sure, I am. Um, I mean, maybe we're a bit biased because we're here, <laughs> but I have the feeling that so much more is happening on this topic here in India than in the rest of the world. And that maybe also has to do with the fact that we have that edge. No? So there is the fact that we have that taboo. We've got something also, uh, you know, to push against because we'd um, uh, we'd like to open mm. up the silence and the conversation and change our, our, our relationship to these things. Right. I think in terms of 
if you look at the sort of activism and number of organizations mm. engaged, it's it's incredible. And um, and that gives chance to the development of a, of a movement. Um, we have recently, for example, for, formed with five others, a cloth pad collective. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that it, it gives the change, uh, the, the possibilities to sort of also look for collective change. Mm. Now, in relationship to really particularly the product, I think what is uh, special about uh, us here is that we have one, a connection still to cloth, to use cloth as an absorbent. And it's mm -hmm. a, either a very sort of recent history or we're still using it. Mm -hmm. And that makes it easier to connect to it for, I think in many other places, a cloth pad is is another sort of step removed and, mm -hmm. and might make it more difficult to uh, make the switch to a more sustainable and healthy option. Mm -hmm. The other thing is also our... I feel there's always sort of a deep love for cotton also because right. it's part of the culture. You now we mm. grow it and we have manufacturing is, and there's a deep appreciation for cotton, the value of that mm. versus mm. synthetics. And I, uh, it's also the hot climate. And so again, there I feel it's, um, yeah, we, we can really, um, all these things really sort of enable um, the, the, the switch um, to uh, cloth pads. Very interesting. Um, yeah okay okay so now let me move to uh two or three questions for you personally because my audience loves to get to know my guest a little better just for, for someone who uh, has almost made india her second home what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career um yes i for me, the experience actually to to work here, to be in Oroville, to work in Ecofem, um, has really helped me to connect to myself. To say, mm -hmm. okay, what is it that I am passionate about? What you know, what are my values? What do I, what do I want to do? And to sort of really go after that, mm -hmm. and to uh, I think to do work with your heart is something incredible. It's um, yeah, for some, maybe it's really sounds like like a luxury. Um, but I, I've been, I think, that lucky that I've sort of been in an environment that has really sort of uh, asked me to do that. Okay. Um, and by doing that, I feel getting incredible help because I think when you do things from the heart, then you connect to other people who either feel the same and do things from the heart and you get support. So it's a very different sort of flow of... Yeah, of work, of energy, of 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 fun, of uh, yeah. Um, that has been that has been really special. Okay. Um, to be in an environment again, um, as you might know, Oroville when it started was really um, a a barren place mm -hmm. for many people. We thought it was maybe lost land, completely eroded. And right now, there's a forest that grows here after 50, more than 50 years. Yep. And all sorts of life has come back to that. And for me, it's such a story of hope. It's really, I find that it's something that, that touches me deeply. And to be able to live in that, to see that is really also hope giving for what's happening in the rest of the world, where we're losing all the time right. on, on such 
on 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 um, on life mm. and uh, and that earth has the ability to actually regenerate if if we're mm. in support of that I, I think that's one of the other sort of it's not maybe a milestone but it's sort of milestone but it's sort of an insight to live here that has been really impactful on my life absolutely, absolutely. You know, i was in orwell in, in uh, march 2021 Hmm. And, you know, I was so amazed at how green that whole area is and those large trees everywhere. It's yes. Kind of, so you're yes. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So my next question to you, uh, and I have time for two more questions. Um, given the fact that you're giving back so much to the society through Auroville, what are some of the core values you believe in? Um, again, again, this sort of um, the importance to sort of take care of the earth, mm. and that we are so much part of that, and we're uh, we're creatures living here where it's <laughs> and uh, and so the the importance to connect to that, to to feel at ease with the environment, to love it, to um, I think that's one of yeah, those are really sort of all my values are quite sort of centered around that, yeah. um, around love. Um, um, in a way, I mean, a lot of that also comes back to respect, no? Mm -hmm. So, so also in the workplace, in in love and respect for each other, and have space, make work a space for growth, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, those are very valuable. Um, and my last question: Who or what inspires you? Oh, so many, <laughs> so many people inspire me. Um, I, for example, within Oroville, we have an organization called Wasteless, uh, Ribu and Chandra. They're two people who are working on um, waste education for uh, children. Mm -hmm. And again, it is, I, I feel this sort of importance to have access to that to that mm -hmm. knowledge and to understand what that means for yourself, what you right. can do to embody that sort of knowledge, um, you know, and how how what we're doing relates to the environment. And I think that's incredibly important work. And I find that very inspiring um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what they are doing. Um, there are also people, um, for, for example, uh, I, let me, uh, uh, it's been a while since I was in touch with them. Um, and they're based in Pune, the Equal um, Equal Society Foundation. Mm -hmm. I'll just um, and they work on equality issues with boys, with young boys, and how to make boys change agents in their community. Mm -hmm. uh, and I find that also really uh, inspiring work. It's very yeah. um, slow and very steady work to mm -hmm. uh, and very empowering. Um, uh, work that they are uh, doing um, amazing work amazing amazing and and then there's tons of people who are working on on reforestation and re for example we've got the botanical gardens here in in in, in Oroville but many people who are just sort of trying to also recollect knowledge of what did our forest look like what uh, what could live here what could what could we plant how can we and, and who just put their entire lives to that, uh, I find that incredible, uh, incredibly mm. inspiring. Fascinating, fascinating. Yeah. On that note, Jess, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about 
your amazing journey with EcoFem and all the incredible things that you are doing to support feminine hygiene and to hopefully uh, bring menstruation into the general normal conversation rather than still keep it in as a hush-hush topic. Thank you also for speaking to me about uh, your uh, some interesting milestones in your life and, and in the organizations that inspire you. Thank you once again and good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you very much for having us. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.